0: Welcome to Bra Meets World. Well, that's Bra Meets World. Your boy Meets World fancast. Welcome to
1: episode 44. I'm Siege. I'm Tony Curtis in the building. What's up, Tonathy? I'm chilling. All right, so anything you want to start off with or anything? Uh... Trans rights are human rights.
0: Trans rights are human rights. Yeah, let's definitely start there. Um, there's a lot going on just in the world. Uh, we're recording this right now after the Dwight Howard
1: um, yeah.
0: thread, if you, you don't you know just, about that. You just
1: schooled me on it, because yeah. I've been a little busy with my move to LA, but wow, yeah, guys, yeah. trans rights are human rights. Yeah, honestly, it's why is that so hard to comprehend? It's, I, you know what? It, to understand that they're, like, for every person you see as a human being, you would think that this would be elementary. It seems like the
0: easiest thing to get around. <laughs> uh,
1: but, like, if they if they look a little different or if they fuck a little different, they're yes.
0: just not even people. It's so upsetting to me. I just, I, this is literally kind of like just a side thing, but, like, I, there's so many times where it's, like, it doesn't even involve you. Yeah. It has nothing to not do even with a little you. bit. No one's asking you to do anything. the The other day I was talking to friends We were on Thanksgiving. We were talking about um, the fact that, like, girls who come into the men's restroom, like, when they have to pee. And for the most part, no one cares. Just fucking pee. And, like, that's what the the main thing, the main goal usually is to pee.
1: (laughs) You know what's a shame? I was, when I was road tripping, I was at a restaurant and there was a line for the bedroom and the the women's room was empty. And I wanted to go in there and I was just like, fuck, I'm going to get shit for this.
0: Because, because... You were doing, I don't know, what part of the country that's probably... It was Texas. I would say, so because of that, I think you made the right choice. Yeah. <laughs> but at the exact same time, very often, I've just done it. A vacant bathroom is a vacant A bathroom. vacant bathroom is a vacant bathroom. Yeah. And yet, for so many people, that means something. And I, the thing I like about living in L.A. is their um, most bathrooms will be like, just be yeah, like yeah it'll have the man and the woman or like every bathroom's a family bathroom sure, sure just go yeah that's what's important and it's just it always frustrates me that people can't understand to just let someone else do their whole day yeah yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So <laughs> on that note well, other than that, <laughs> um, this was a very interesting
0: episode. This is an interesting episode. Also, I had just watched Creed 2. So So there's a
1: lot of yeah, that like going yeah, yeah, on in yeah, the back yeah, yeah, of your head. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um and by that I will also say, like, this whole masculine
1: defending of my
0: like it's just it's all nonsense you know what i mean yeah yeah i, I mean <laughs> there was
1: definitely a few moments in this uh episode where i was just like what are they what are they promoting exactly specifically a scene where they're chugging soda in the cafeteria yeah, and we'll you're like to... that's not soda but no. yeah yeah yeah.
0: okay so let's <laughs> just get into it uh this is let's do the tell me about it yeah yeah
1: let's jump in tell me about it
0: there you go uh this is episode season two episode 21 Thrilla, and Phila. Corey is trying to make a name for himself again when he gets drafted for the wrestling team. Once on the team, he behaves in a way that neither Sean nor Topanga approve. That is, until he's challenged for his spot by Joey the Rat, who is also looking to find himself. When Corey wins the wrestling match at school, Joey challenges him to a
1: rematch after school, this time no rules. The... The rematch is the most ridiculous. It is
0: definitely Boy Meets World at its Boy Meets World. Was this
1: like a Super Bowl episode? Like, (laughs) why do they have these random special guests on this? Like, that's a very random. We should
0: look into this because why is it? Was it sweeps? I don't know. They sweeps the end of the season. (laughs) I mean, it could be. This is, but in all
1: all fairness, we're saying that as if there were high profile celebrities. And don't get me wrong, Yasmin Bleeth. Yeah, which we'll get to. Uh-huh. High profile, Rob, Robert Goulet ever high profile? Um, at some point in time, I. Guess. I only know him from the Will Ferrell SNL sketches. To be <laughs> honest. Um, but we also were introduced to Frankie's dad, which I also. We love. are,
0: and well, I have a little bit of problem with that
1: because with
0: that, there's a little inconsistency. He's Frankie's. Frankie's. Yeah. Stakino, Frankie's good team. I don't know why. Stacchino. Can... <laughs> is that right? Was yeah, yeah I no, Frankie's I can't, I don't know why. But either way, he's supposed to be Frankie Stacchino Sr. And yet, Feeney calls him Leslie. Yeah. And I was like, well, if he's senior. Does that mean Frankie Jr. is also Leslie? Yeah, I was like, is it. Wh- where do you get Leslie from? Is his middle name Leslie? There's just nothing there. There's nothing that says why. Leslie is the one that Beanie uh, yeah, goes into, or was like Frankie something he made up. There's, I just wanted to know a little bit more.
1: Yeah, about. yeah. I mean, and we also see more of the Genie powers of Griff in this episode. Yes, um, we do. All right, and, so yeah. we're,
0: we're kind of doing this ahead of ourselves. So let's get into the roll call, which is what we were getting into. Roll call. So we already did kind of the celebrities who pop up, who are Yasmin Bleeth, which again, height of Baywatch. And one of the things that I wanted to say with that is she comes into it and she's like, Griff, how did you get me here? And then he goes like this and he makes out with her. And I was like, all right, so how old is Griff? We need to have
1: a conversation. We all, yeah. No, it doesn't matter how old he is. She is a student in high school. And and, and and maybe I'm wrong on this, but was there ever a time where an 18-year-old high school student was fair game? No. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I just, it must have been at some point. Jasmine Bleeth, the yes. star of Baywatch, <laughs> has decided to come to Philadelphia all for a high school kid. And what I did like about it is it's even kind of
0: shown that like again we're writing from the male perspective clearly, but when Eric shows up, same thing. She she like sits or he sits next to her.
1: And she just kind of looks at Eric, and you're like, so is she just into 18-year-old boys? Is that what we're writing here? Can you imagine (laughs) being a celebrity and having a high school kid be like, hey, can you make an appearance at John Adams High School in Philadelphia on this Tuesday night tomorrow? By the way, I just looked it up on the off chance. Adam Scott is, in
0: fact, uh, he was born in 1973. Um, Yasmin Blythe was born in 1968. So there is a five-year difference. So even on the off chance that he was 18, she would have been 23.
1: I guess that's
0: (laughs) all right. No, 23-year-old going back to... If you told me right... Sorry, think about it. and 23-year-old showing up to an 18-year-old's anything. Yeah. (laughs) It's weird. It's outside of that four-year range.
1: Yeah, and also, too, like... I, don't, I know 18 is legal, but to me, it just seems like, why flirt with that line? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you only flirt with that line if you want to flirt with that line. You know yeah, what I mean? I just,
0: yeah, that's what I'm saying. Which is why I was like, so what are you trying to say with this? That was my whole thing. It's yeah. Like, are we saying that she's like into... This is written from a male perspective, so... Sure, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, so, and this is him as... Then
1: we get Vader, of course. Who is an actual wrestler. Actual wrestler from WCW. Well, yeah, and I think he was on WWF when, a few times when, back when it was WWF. Uh, he actually also did a guest star appearance on uh, Baywatch. I wonder if that connection was from *Wolverine's yeah, World*. Uh, <laughs> it's very interesting, but yeah. So like he, uh, Vader. There's Risson. a ton of wrestling references that go throughout the series, and I really think the boys were just a fan of wrestling, and the writers weren't also. Also, not really gonna
0: lie, wrestling was a huge thing at that
1: yeah, time. It yeah, it was yeah, literally
0: yeah. one of the biggest things. But that there, you, could you remember
1: that time, like, and I guess it was towards the end of the '90s, um, where like you know Stone Cold and Rock and yes. all of them were really in there. And they were like America's new favorite pastime was wrestling. Like that was like a thing is that we were sailing it? for like a while. Because baseball was kind of falling out of baseball popularity. Baseball was
0: falling. Um, Football wasn't what it is now.
1: But I just there was a time where wrestling was at such a height that people were like, "This is like it was at a height." Yeah. yeah. I mean, we that if we're
0: gonna be just laying John Cena and The Rock, their fame is purely off wrestling. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. And name name. Another side sport like that, where
1: it provided us with characters like this. Well, yeah, there's just so much um, theater in in wrestling. So it's a perfect transition. Like, I I was never surprised that The Rock went in the movies because I remember watching him as a wrestler. So
0: I'm not going to lie, I never got the appeal of it until I watched that Netflix show Glow.
1: Oh, really? And they made they showed the link of it being a male soap opera. You know what's funny is that I was never in the wrestling until I saw Rock back before he was anything because I was like, this guy is hilarious. And it was just his character, and I knew it was oh, a no. character. Oh, no, yeah, his character. I, but like... I was just like, as a character, I'm gravitating towards this so much, and that's what got me into it. And I, I, I spent, like, five years between, like, 97 <laughs> to, like, maybe 2000, whatever. Two. Into the into the wrestling world. I was never, it wasn't like a lifetime thing for me, but when it was at its height, I was there. I would say that's when it was at its I height. I paid for WrestleMania on pay-per-view. For- yeah. I'm not going to lie. WrestleMania. I have people right now who
0: still do like oh, yeah. WrestleMania parties. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. And it's like a big thing. And I, again, I don't have a problem with it because ever since I've learned that connection of, oh, this is a soap opera and they, they're villains and it's like these lineages, and you can come back at any point in time, and you're like, so-and-so's in the ring, and you're yeah, like, oh yeah, my yeah. god, we haven't seen him since season two. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Um, But yeah, I just, I think after hearing that, it made more sense to me. And before that, it just, I was like... Sure, sure. Ever, especially since, at the time, it was like, everyone knows wrestling's Yeah. League. And I will say that in the beginning, I didn't know it was fake when I was younger. But when I found out it was fake, it definitely lost a lot of its luster for me.
1: Yeah, I I, I think I was just kind of, I was bedazzled by it for a while. But it's hard to kind of understand whether the the decision to incorporate wrestling into the show was, again, something that was just popular or something that the boys seemed really into. Um, But either way... I think it was popular. I Honestly, I would say that it's probably only there because of the fact that it...
0: Uh, was something that they knew we would all identify If that's
1: with. the case, could they not get a more popular wrestler?
0: Uh, probably not.
1: I mean, yeah. also... I yeah, mean, it's just it's,
0: believe. belief. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was like, oh, let's, let's, if we're being honest, it's just yeah. like, they did what they
1: could. and was How many calls day. did they make before it was like, Robert Goulet who we have available, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, but I will say, because also, as I mentioned earlier, watching Creed, you're like, why wasn't this a boxing match? Because if we're if we're being honest,
1: Alan was a boxer. He could have. Helped he was Alan out. was
0: the moment that Alan was like, "Oh, I used to be a boxer." When you look at the ring, that's a it's a wrestling ring, but it's also way more of a, a boxing would make more sense.
1: But I guess high schools don't have
0: boxing teams, do they? No, I'm talking about after this was after Yeah, 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 yeah. This is like not, the the wrestling match is one thing, but for him to challenge him to a no rules, like and we're gonna I'm gonna prove myself to you. It would make
1: way more sense for this to be an actual boxing match. Ken are we allowed to get to this bo- this wrestling thing, or are <laughs> we are we waiting to to get there? Because I definitely have some issues with.
0: It. Oh, uh, well, before we do that, we're gonna finish our roll call. Okay, okay, good. So on the roll call, we have the jocks, which I'm gonna consider uh, treat as a unit to introduce, but clearly we're gonna talk about.
1: Um, yeah, one of those, jo- or jocks adjacent, I should say, um, who I'm sure you're going to mention is Kelly Packard's performance of Candy.
0: Yeah, exactly. Kelly so Packard has already
1: made an appearance on the show. Uh, I, I believe she was one of the girls that Eric had a double date with at one point or something. Um, she's also was on Baywatch and, she, which is funny that she's in this <laughs> and she was also ended up on Baywatch. It's um, the 90s. You just go back and forth. Yeah, back, yeah, yeah. From show to show. <laughs> um, her character is probably the most interesting of the well, episode. Whoa, we're getting there. So we get
0: the three jocks that we meet are Matt, Savage,
1: and Candy. Savage is a very interesting name.
0: Savage, considering that Savage is the... Surname of Ben? Well, there's that. I'm going to talk about the fact that... I mean, that's really good. i was more so the fact that he is a person of color oh, named yeah. Savage. Oh,
1: no, uh, we almost yeah, have. Yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah. almost have. With all of our talk about excluding women for the storyline, no one has been more excluded than people of color. From yeah, time. it really is so sad. But his
0: name is Savage.
1: Yeah, and I was like, mm, punk. well, well, that's all fairness, probably not a. I have to say, upon looking at him, yeah, he's a person of color, but barely. I mean, he is. Look, he's a person of color in the him. way that like sha- like Shaven Drake is a person of color. I will tell you this. If the cops showed up,
0: who would they who would they talk to? Savage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's when you come out with your road. I'm Benjamin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah. So Savage, Matt, and Candy. And yeah, I I simply wanted to do them as a group. Um, but Candy is the one we need to talk.
1: Yeah, about. Candy is so interesting because Candy is uh basically uh she comes with the jacket. She comes with the the jacket. So ba- <sighs> this opening scene of the show is wrestlers basically picking people up, trying to find someone who fits in the weight class. Which we is have a in the weight class, and so they're literally just weighing them. Savage <laughs> is picking people up and doing just guesses. Picks up Corey. He fits the weight class. They give him the jacket. They're like, also, here's your uniform. Also, here's your candy. Yes. Your candy. As in possession. Yes. Ooh, candy. And then a girl walks up and says, Hi, I'm candy. And he goes, sweet. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just this thing of just like this what agency does candy have in all of this?
0: Well, I mean, I will say that the candy character as a character is interesting uh an, an interesting interesting exploration because she's not this doting um girlfriend she's not like just she's just she has her own autonomy in the circle it yeah means. um she seems like a very tomboy broey she's like into the
1: jock culture and not as just like a girlfriend yeah um, she's definitely not a cheerleader i will say yes. that and that's what kind of makes me wonder like What role does she really play?
0: But the mere fact, I will say, I do not like the fact that she comes with the jacket. And when the
1: jacket goes, she goes. She's like, "Oh, I go with the jacket." You didn't. Which is such an interesting.
0: uh... No, it's one of the. It's just more nineties nonsense of like this masculine. Oh, you get the jacket and you get a girl. And it'd be different if she was attracted to the jacket, which isn't better. I mean, sorry, which isn't great, but it is better in the sense that all right she sees this dude with power and she went after it. Again, not a great lesson, but it's way better than she is another possession that comes along with the uniform and the jacket. Yeah, totally. And I, like, I saw that I was like, this is fucked up.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it really doesn't get any better as the show goes on, this episode specifically. Um, Topanga's back, though. So Topanga there's that. There's back. a balance but there. But we've talked about this.
0: Whenever Topanga, if Topanga's there and there's another female, Topanga is wholesome and, like...
1: And hardly there.
0: Well, she's wholesome and hardly there. She's hardly in the scene, uh, usually. But the other girl is just, like, trash compared to Topanga. Almost always. They're never, like, Topanga and this other girl who's, like, also living her life and really cool. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And when Topanga shows up, it's just such, like, a, oh, wow, this is nice again. This is nice to have a female character I can root for. Yeah, exactly. Very, Very much so.
0: Yeah. And that's another thing. Candy's also, um, she's part of the team that Corey joins that... We're against. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like she's also, uh, she's also the villain in the story.
1: Um, One of the things I noticed was that Corey's voice was going through some puberty changes, like cracking and getting deeper. He he is really going through some puberty on screen, which I it's probably so awkward for the actors to go back and watch these parts of the series, Um, because I feel like you at this age is the most awkward you've ever felt. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, it's also interesting because we were talking about it earlier. Last, sorry, in the beginning of the season, they're different people. They have different heights. They have different looks yeah. and like all these other things. And he, uh, Ben Savage is starting to get older, and his voice is starting to change. He to has a sweet Afro. Yeah, it's like it's a very you can see them all age. Yeah, and uh, it makes sense that we're starting to explore these things, or at least sure, it, yeah, sure. And it's also really funny when you realize that Corey is the one they choose for weight class, knowing yeah. that Ben Savage ends up being taller and heavier than Sean. Ryder. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, just uh, that, that was just one of the interesting things. To be honest, you know what? I, if we're just talking first impressions, I have to be honest. I thought this episode was kind of silly. Um, oh, it was silly. The the whole Corey trying to find his place, I'm done with that story. That's what I
0: said. When I was like,
1: again, yeah. Corey's
0: like, I need to make a name for myself. By the way, you've done this four times. If yeah. anything, you're known as the kid who's constantly trying to make a name
1: for himself. Yeah, and it <laughs> just comes off as just really desperate. And, at, at, like, I feel like at the beginning of the season, I was kind of more rooting for him in these endeavors. Whereas now, I'm just like, dude, just be yourself.
0: And, and because, A, we know that that's the best version. Of yeah. You, and then, B... I don't think there's anything wrong with exploring different things, because if the motivation was, and they had it right there, Corey didn't try out for the wrestling team. Sure. They literally, they-, they literally picked him up and were like, hey, you made the team because you fit the weight class. Yeah. But he immediately joins, and he's like becoming, or he's trying to be very jock and bro-y and like, Yeah. Uh, again, all these things, I think, are great, but... It's just not the same thing as writing someone who's trying to explore themselves and really figure out what that is. Corey's just kind of adopted this persona. It would
1: have been better, I think, if maybe Corey had seen Alan relating to Eric with sports or something like that, watching wrestling, watching boxing, and then just kind of felt like he wanted to connect in that way. Like, that would have been more authentic than, oh, he weighs about this. He weighs
0: the thing. And... Um, even later on when, like, Joey, they're like, oh, someone else is in your weight class, which I will say that that little bit where he thought it was, uh,
1: (laughs) Frankie. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. How wide is this? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This range. Which Um, also had me asking, like, how intimidating is Joey really? Is he not just the guy who introduces Frankie? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what role does he really play to be menacing? He's the hype man. He's yeah, because Corey Frankie and was not afraid to go against Joey. In fact, pinned Joey on his first time. I will say that the wrestling match was
0: it was decent. Like, yeah. I thought that I thought that was going to be like the whole thing. No, Corey actually knew what he was doing. Yeah, he earned his spot on the team. I thought that was. Yeah, that's actually very. But again, it's like they kind of sideswipe all of that. You're like, no, Corey just.
1: Why the hell are they looking for someone to fill this team that they openly admit they have no one to fight in that's this what weight I class? Was thinking about,
0: I thought the exact same thing.
1: <laughs> it would have been way bigger if they're like, "Hey, we we're going against a team. They have someone, and we need order- someone." Or even if they
0: explain that, in order for us to compete ourselves, we have to have.
1: Someone sure, some class. some some value to it all, yeah. other than just giving him the jacket, rawing and I, uh, ro- ro- roar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, it's really interesting. It's funny
0: how he uh, adapts. to
1: that Yeah, hundred percent. The moment he puts the jacket on, when Corey becomes the Corey.
0: That's also funny. Um, The nickname
1: needs some work. The moment that he became, I was like, oh, he's going to start being a little douchey. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Topanga, when she's asking for the yearbook quote, which, by the way, plus Topanga, because she overlooks a lot of Corey's bullshit. We talked about this before. Yes. She must have such a next level crush on him. because. Well, that's what I like about
0: it. We get a little bit of fun between Sean and Topanga, which is fun because we don't see them them do much. And this is the first time we kind of get... Is it the first time? It feels like the first time.
1: If not, it's one of the first times, for sure. One of the, first one times, of the very sure. first
0: times that we get to see Topanga and Sean have this dynamic about Corey. And this whole thing is where Sean's like... Oh.
1: Hey, Topanga, you want to ask
0: me some more questions for the yearbook?
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Where do you think Corey's going to end up in ten years? You mean me, don't you? That's what I said. No, you said Corey. I did not. You like him. I do not. You say that again,
1: I will kill you. <laughs> and that was like a really fun
0: thing. Sure. And then they don't, you do like him. <laughs>
1: well, and I mean, we as an audience no- have known that Topango's yeah. like Corey. I mean, she openly said it in the yeah, episode where, where he, he was had sick. Mono. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I, it's fun to see Boy Meets World kind of playing with that a little bit more. I wish we saw a little more of that and less of this other bullshit, yeah. but whatever it's all part of it
0: so Um, picking up of where speaking of other bullshit picking up where we left off with Feeney and Griff
1: yeah so I mean this is
0: another one where I say this episode to me echoes the fact that they needed an antagonist for Feeney yeah and Turner and Feeney they're just too buddy buddy right now yeah they needed someone who could challenge Queenie. Because Harley never her. challenged him Cha- that way. Yeah, Harley even backed down. He would have backed down immediately. Yeah. Griff does so with an arrogance. Yeah. Like he has an answer. Oh, you want me to be there? Cool, I'll be there. But well, I'm going to bring the, a masseuse. Yeah. Bring
1: my masseuse and import lobsters. This was the from only Maine.
0: time she could come. And it Which, was like.
1: By the way, um, it's such goes back a. To your theory of him having money. It' Such a Sean Penn uh, Fast Times at Richmond High moment. That, uh, have you seen the movie Fast yes, Times? When he orders the pizza McCulley, that comes to yeah. class? Yeah. And that, and that's exactly what I thought of when the masseuse showed up. But importing the lobsters was such, like, wow. Yeah. This this There's a wealth aspect. But, damn, there's a scene later in the episode that I really feel like is more of a magic genie moment <laughs> because he snaps his fingers and Robert Goulet just appears. <laughs> and I was like, dude, money can't do that. I mean, yes, he can. you're p- new to L.A., so no. you don't know that. <laughs> he snaps his fingers, the lights dim, a voice over the announcement says, Ladies and gentlemen, Robert Goulet, and he comes out with a full P.A. system Again, and lights. I'm
0: saying that you don't know this yet, <laughs> but money can definitely, in fact, make all those things happen. All
1: right. All right, all right.
0: <laughs> because here's how I see it. He had already gotten him, he convinced him to come, and... Uh, Griff was just like, wait for my signal when when I do X, Y Z, you'll turn down the lights. We'll make it a, a grand entrance type thing. And it seems like genie magic because we're not used to that kind of access. but I've seen that kind of access to money and it's very, very possible.
1: Yeah, I just there was just multiple times in this episode that I thought Griff was just really more outrageous and unbelievable like there was a lot of moments in this episode where i was like what show is this i don't believe anything that's going on explain to me tell me what you're talking about because i i'm talking mostly about the last wrestling scene
0: oh yeah the last wrestling scene doesn't really make sense but it's also kind of fun because of um I just like, I like, it's, it's very, it's TV magic at that point in time. Like the fact that they're selling tickets outside. $50, $50 to
1: high school kids. <laughs> See a chunk get pounded or whatever. It's it like was. printed on the ticket. Yeah. That
0: is, again, that's TV magic. It's sitcom nonsense. It's kind of like when um, Elvis showed up to Alan's yeah, fucking yeah, game yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. like, what world is this or that we're in?
1: Yeah. There was just. Honestly, this episode is filled with moments like that. And I think that's the reason why I didn't really relate to this episode very strongly. Because the entire time, I was just questioning what was real, what wasn't, what felt genuine to the series. And what was all this extra stuff that was being thrown in for what I can only assume was a May sweeps.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, it is towards the end of the season, so that's very
1: possible. Uh,
0: But yeah, it's a weird dynamic, but I think... The reasons for it are there, and I think that it's just a way of Griff asserting his power to Feeny. Like, but I like what they do is they show that Feeny has a, a strength of his own.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean? Doesn't back down at all from uh, no. from Griff or from really anyone. Even Frankie Stakino Senior, aka Vader, Vader, aka Leslie. That's what I'm saying. It's um, like a.
0: Feeney, like you when you see Feeney get in the ring, you're like, Well, you know he's not gonna fight, but Feeney
1: takes that challenge. Well, I mean, Feeney did scare off a burglar oh. in, uh, in LA like a few yeah. weeks ago. So, I mean, he definitely has that aura about him. Don't don't fuck, fuck with Feeney. Yeah. Other <laughs> like, than you and okay. I both had that Yeah, just don't fuck with Feeney. Um in. but yeah, this just uh, yeah, there was just a lot of moments in the episode that just kind of made me question what was happening. Name a few. Um, just, just, just that, um, like I said, the, the Robert Goulet, the, and obviously you're, you're saying a lot of it has to do with wealth, and maybe that's true, but I guess I, again, it just seems so foreign to what this series is. I agree with that. That that's what made me question it more than anything else. So, yeah, there was just, uh, that's how I felt about Griff in this episode, is that he seemed like he didn't belong, but I was very entertained by what was happening.
0: Well, again, I'm like... And maybe I just kept looking at it through the lens that I was talking about. But I like it because he's clearly trying to – I see every action he takes as a way of asserting his power over feeding. Yeah. And I look at it through that lens. And when you look at it through that lens, it's – there's motivation behind it. Because it's like why else would he be invested? Why else – you know, even when he has like – He's the one who comes up with the idea that it's going to be on school grounds. Yeah, 100%. you know, and again, it's like a. There's no reason for it to be there. Only he goes, be... "You need neutral territory, yeah. like say the gym, which I all I have <laughs> keys to. I stole keys from the school janitor. Yeah, exactly. And it's like a. No, you did this particularly to get on Feeney's nerves.
1: He had the keys before the fight was set. That's what I'm saying.
0: He did this to get on Feeney's nerves. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's why, to me. I find his character in this episode more interesting even but that's all with the context of the Even though he's
1: a student who makes out with an adult.
0: Oh yeah. Again, Yasmin, but he's been doing this. He did it last week with Miss Gale. Still not And on again, board with I don't
1: it. understand
0: why they keep we talked about this. Adam Scott is supposed to be or Griff is supposed to be hot, but he is not make out with everyone hot.
1: Yeah. We don't even have Turner macking on every person he comes across. Sure, you're right. <laughs> and you also mentioned this in the last episode which I definitely agree with. You know, I know him best as playing Ben from Parks and Rec. Yeah. And he's such a nerd on yeah. that show just but to see him just ooze cool. I mean, he does
0: a really I mean, he, he does, does a great job of it. He does cool on uh The Good Place. Yeah. Okay, he's like, okay. you know, the without spoiling anything. But like he's on The Good Place. And he does that. It's kind of the same kind of swarmy.
1: Uh, and if you watch Parks and Rec at all, timeline-wise, this still leaves time for him to move to Minnesota and start Ice Town. It really does. It so, really does. Guys, so <laughs> He had the money. He had the capital <laughs> to build Ice Town.
0: <laughs> it, it, you're not wrong. He would change his name. because yeah, I'm 100%. <laughs> had to. But, uh, yeah, so that, let's talk a little bit more about who Corey is when he puts on this, uh, uniform. Which I have to say, or he gets the jacket. Because yeah. first of all, he is thrilled with the jacket alone. The jacket is historically a status symbol. Sure. Uh, I still feel that, I was gonna say, I feel like it's a little derived from the 80s whole, But I think at this point in time, it's still, it's still a vein. So like, get I a letterman so. jacket. Yeah, yeah, means something. Um, but I was gonna talk about the fact that when I played football for Osceola for literally one game, Um, (laughs) I wore, there was a power to the jersey. Yeah. There is something about walking around in a football jersey, uh, when your school or any, I would assume any sports uniform. Yeah. When your school is in fact invested in that sport, that it is a different power. Yeah. And for me, I kind of rejected it because I realized that it has nothing to do with you. They're only into... It, that the the uniform, but for some people, that the admiration alone is worth it.
1: it. It would have been interesting to see how that power changed Corey lot Corey's life in other ways than him becoming friends with those bros and Candy. Like it would have been interesting if like someone was like, "Hey, you don't have to worry about your homework," or "Hey, you don't have to um, you know worry about coming to whatever you have wrestling yeah. practice." Like some other way that to where it literally gave him this, like, superhuman power that we all kind of recognize from yeah. The Letterman Jacket. Which is, like, a
0: real thing yeah. in real life, but you're right, in this particular episode, they don't really go down that road. And I think maybe it's because it's, like, it's beanie school, so, yeah. like, outside of the secretaries who are making out with the students. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which, gosh, Outside of that, everyone else is just, they're not going to let someone get by on the fact that they're wearing a jacket Yeah. because Feeney wouldn't stand for that. Yeah. So
1: there's, there's a really interesting moment where, um, uh, Corey's like super excited to he made the wrestling team. He's asking his parents to sign a permission slip and, uh, Amy is concerned. Yep. Alan, we should discuss this. Wrestling is dangerous. Oh, come on. If you're signing up for ballet, that might be dangerous. Here. This and is not the first time we've heard Alan make statements. Oh, like is this. Alan slightly homophobic? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, this is this was one of those moments again where I'm just like, why was that even
0: It wasn't necessary. It was not necessary. You didn't need it. to put it in there. It didn't aid the story. He, later on, he wasn't in ballet shorts. It had no reference. You know what I
1: think it is? I think that. Because Alan is symbolic of another generation, Mm -hmm. I think when when I see things like that, I would think of something that maybe my dad would say. Or someone that like of that age group would say at that point in time. You know, you have to remember, like, Alan probably grew up watching shows like All in Family. Yeah, no. Yeah, and just things like that where that was just a little bit more PC. So I, I understand for the time, whatever. But, like, to your point, it does not add anything to the storyline. It it's not even a funny joke. No,
0: it's not. So it's just like a – it'd be different – it would be different if he caught Corey talking about his tights. Yeah. Or something – you know, it's like a, that would make difference. That would have a place in it. You just kind of said out of nowhere, at least he's not in
1: ballet. And it's just like a – and if he was, would that make him any less – yeah. of a man,
0: Corey of all people.
1: <laughs> and again, I think the better version of the story, as we've discussed, is this being boxing and Alan relating to Corey through exactly. boxing. And having some kind of episode... That's right there, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's right there. And, like, we've, we've kind of... Alan played such a huge part in Corey's life in the first season. He's almost non-existent in his life in the second season. Why not have an episode where they reunite? I definitely think re-night?
0: this episode could have used... Like, it's not that it's... A terrible episode. It's it's a good for what it
1: is episode. But if Griff had never been introduced, this would have been a different episode. You think so? I think that if Griff had never been introduced, if Harley had never changed out, they would have probably done more with Alan. Because Griff takes up such a majority of both last episode and this episode's storyline. Which is weird. Because he disappears. Why did we... In- this much investment again, Topanga's back. Let's
0: talk about Topanga and the feelings and the struggles of her uh, liking this boy that we've known that she's liked forever. I'm way and more like, interested in that. Yeah, that's way, way more interesting than Well, way and also, dynamic. it just
1: plays a bigger part in the overall story that they're trying to tell with these characters. Um, I, I mean, we literally just talked about this with the last episode of them building up these side characters. I, Griff. I don't care. Yeah. Even though I'm very entertained. Oh, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, I agree. I agree
0: with both of those things. I just think you've, you have you've brought up a very good point about this particular episode, which is that the time that we spend on Griff or even the wrestling match itself um, doesn't make sense. And why, now that I think about it, why, if we're in the in this universe, why is Turner and Feeney there and not Amy and Alan? Oh, at the wrestling match? Yeah. Yeah. Amy and Alan knew about it. I mean, well, they knew about it, but they didn't know it would be like this whole thing. I'm talking about like the athlete because they only – they signed up for the one at school. They don't know about – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Corey was even surprised that Eric was there. Yeah. But that fits. Eric showing up makes sense. Sure. He would know what's going on in school. But the fact that Mr. Feeney and Mr. Turner heard what was going on and did not immediately call Alan and Amy to get down there –
1: I would say maybe Feeney was at school, he called Turner because this he is heard after some said. Heard some commotion. Yeah, maybe he was there grading papers doing some kind of All right, work we'll, we'll give it that. And called Turner just to see what was going on and happened to stumble across this thing. Maybe that's the case. But the point is, we don't get any context for any of
0: it. No, we don't. We get no context for it. And to even, like, to make a lot of... There's no real reason for Turner to be there. Like, Turner...
1: There's no he, reason for turning to be in this episode.
0: No, he even does that little side thing where uh, Corey and him have that moment where he's like, sidebar. Uh, Corey's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, 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 yeah. But he was like, I thought you said you wouldn't have to fight or anything like this. And he's like, yeah, but what was the purpose of that? Yeah. Especially since he's already in the ring.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? This, gosh, this wrestling match has <laughs> tag team. Yes! And at one point, Vader... Yeah. A professional adult wrestler... Thank you. ...is in the ring with Eric, who is a child yep. student, about to have a physical altercation? He literally has
0: already lifted
1: Eric up. This was part of those moments where I was like, what is this show now? Yes. Because how is a group of children cheering on an adult beating up a child? What has happened?
0: This is the 90s. We were literally willing to let anything happen.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and, and like... At at a certain point, I was like, like, Joey is in the ring with Corey for all of, like, 30 seconds. Immediately.
0: And immediately, I have to say that, again, to their credit, Corey holds his own. He does. Very often, we see Corey, like, run away from a fight or, like, all this other stuff.
1: Corey immediately I mean, uh, granted, he did try to get out of the fight a bunch of times. But once the bell rang, he was in there. I'm saying he adapted. And
0: Corey's like on the ropes and he's like ready he is wrestling and yeah. a wrestling wrestling match this is the second time we see him do it he is successful when it's him against someone his own weight class which if for the sport itself only makes sense yeah
1: it would be different if like Corey challenged Frankie or like well that. what's funny is that Corey was okay to challenge Joey Joey said, I'm going to tag Frankie into this. Exactly. At which point I was like, so what is this? Po- the point of this whole thing really? Because if it was for Joey to stand up for himself, he immediately tagged out. And he got beat up by Corey, kind of. Yeah. So why is this even a thing now? Yeah. Is it only so Griff can sell tickets and get money? Is this not just the white man profiting? Oh, absolutely.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of, thank you so much. Because what I loved about this episode is... When, uh, earlier on in the episode, we have one of my white boy logic moments, which I loved, which is Feeney, sorry, not Feeney, Corey is like, we have made no names for ourselves. Do you know why that is? And, um, Sean's like, is it because of you? And he's like, no, why would I take <laughs> Yeah, why would, <laughs> why would I, I take ownership? Mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> no, I blame the jocks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's a perfect, that little moment to me, it was like, that is a that is my bruh moment of this episode, yep. outside of the candy thing, which is like a larger one. But when Corey was just like, no, why would I take ownership of my own actions? Yeah. I'm going to blame those guys. <laughs> um, was Sapanga at the fight? No, she wasn't, and I liked that. At least, e- if she is there, which I don't think she was, they don't make a moment of it. I they would, make a moment of everyone else I being I kind
1: of wish, like, you know, you, you you said you had to watch Creed, and kind of traditionally in boxing movies, there's always that boxer's girlfriend or whatever. It would have been nice to have to to there be worried about Corey. Have someone this just... This would have been,
0: again, I think the boxing thing would have been... Rocky has been out at this point in time. Yeah.
1: So, Philadelphia! Yeah, that's Come what I'm on. saying.
0: Like, it would it's actually called the Drilla and Phila. Yeah. Boxing only makes sense uh, for ah, them to do. Yeah. And I feel like there was a uh, a very big missed opportunity to do a Rocky homage, have Alan and Corey have a moment, Yeah. actually make sense of Corey trying to explore, because there's nothing wrong with exploring being a wrestler. Yeah. But um, by
1: the way, in that last scene, I don't think anyone does a legal wrestling move. yeah 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 yeah. like everyone is doing outrageous television moves absolutely Um, one thing i really do love um about this episode that i did remember from the moment the episode started was when ping was going around getting yearbook quotes and i remembered her yearbook quote oh i I didn't that is a always remembered that yearbook quote that is a great yearbook it's a great yearbook quote and it's one of those things that just stuck with me forever and because, like, this episode, I was like, oh, this is the quote episode. Like, that's how I remembered uh. this episode. None of this other shit plays a part in the legacy of Boy Meets World. But that moment, to me, is like, oh, that was special. Um, Because I feel like it was, like, that was the moment I've been waiting. Like, I've been waiting for Topanga to have something to get yeah. to the show forever. And the moment that that happens, I'm like, this is what's missing from this show is, like, heart. Yes. There's so much humor. There's so much... Like, fantastical things going on right now. Where is the heart of this show? I think you're... I didn't think
0: about it until just now. But maybe that's why we've been talking about what we've been talking about lately with this show. Which is like, what is this? What's going on? Yeah. And it's it's missing that heart that Boy Meets World does so well. And they know how to play up so well. So, when Corey and Topanga have that moment, he's like, well, what did you put? She says what she says. And they just... They're like, they put a bow on it. It's yeah. like, This is what you're supposed to take away from it. This is it wasn't that moment special, and you're like, it was. It was great. It was grounded. Uh, it made sense, and yet you were able to do all of that in like. Sixty seconds. A <laughs> it really was not much, and yet everything else. And we're like, can you imagine what you would have done with twenty whole minutes?
1: And it's um, it's so funny because her quote specifically talks about how like you know, if in the end, we end up together. It's beautiful, and I was really reminiscent of this episode of the Wonder Years, um, with Fred Aww. Savage, because there's this scene where he basically like um, he goes to to Wendy, uh, uh, with yeah. Wendy, uh his his crush. And uh, Wonder Years was amazing with uh, soundtrack music, and uh, Diana Ross, Ra- uh, The Supremes, uh, "Someday We'll Be Together" plays, and I just—it was one of those moments where I was like, "Oh, this is a really beautiful, touching moment." And I was—it was very reminiscent. I got the same kind of vibes of this, and I was like, "This is the kind of like all oh, that I want from my savage yeah. based television." <laughs> 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 is I want the heart because. I as funny as Ben can be and as humorous as they've made his character, I like him so much more when he's sincere. Well, I think, or when there's a balance. I at think least. I would say I think Boy Meets World wins when
0: it's both comedic and it has heart. Yeah. So like for example, the uh, and then there was Shauna episode 100%. that while that is hilarious and it has like goof after goof and is so iconic, what. What ties it together and what actually makes it a great episode is when it ends and you find out the motivation behind it and everything else. It's like a, that is something where you're like, wow, you brought this really nonsense storyline down to earth and yeah. you made it make sense and you, made it, you gave it heart. And Boy Meets World is a series that our generation remembers because of the heart. Yeah. We may quote. As much as we need to quote um, the goose and remember the, uh, you're supposed to, uh, they want you to, to take the roles. roles. Yeah, <laughs> like all of those, those funny moments are iconic, but yeah. we remember the heart. Yeah. Our generation remembers the Corey and Sapanka love story. We remember the Feeny lessons. We remember, the, and I think that's what's really important.
1: And and I don't know if you remember this, but kind of at the beginning of our podcast, I remember saying in so many words, like the first two seasons were all right. Yeah. And it was because, and obviously I have a a stronger understanding of that now. It's the the lack of that. Yes. And that is really the magic that makes Boy Meets World, I think, live on so much longer than a lot of the other shows of the era. Is that heart that I didn't find... Particularly uh, engaging in a family member, or Family Matters our Full House episode, this seems so much more sincere when they get it right.
0: Yes, I'll, I'll agree with that. Like, it doesn't come off, when they do it right, it doesn't come off Saturday after school special. Yeah. yeah. And very often when Family Matters or uh, Full House would get saved by serious the barrel, yeah. or saved by, it felt so after school special. Yeah. Whereas this, when Boy Meets World does it right, You're just
1: left being like, wow. You're amazed you're not over it. Sure, sure. Yeah, and I think what's interesting is that they do it in such a way that we are actually, as children watching the show, able to learn these lessons from them. Yeah. Thus, that's the connection that we now have with these characters forever. They helped us understand the world better. Exactly. Because we learned from them. The characters on these other shows who don't really develop as deeply – we can't learn as much as from them, their lessons seem apparent. Whenever I see Full House and like DJs crying because someone was mean to her at school, that doesn't really have the same appeal to me as well. It also, for the most part, it also
0: Boy Meets World does feel like someone growing up, therefore, yeah, it has consequences, it has continuality. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. there's this thing where it's like you can see them build off of the lessons they've learned previously whereas step-by-step step, full house family matters people would go through stuff but it didn't really have the lasting impact. lasting yeah. impact. whereas boy meets world for as chaotic and crazy as it does one thing you can actually see is you can see them learn from their
1: mistakes or like i mean they do it in a way like, um, for example, Boy Meets World has an episode later on with drinking that happens uh, after Cory and Spenga, like have a big breakup. Yeah. When I think about how Boy Meets World handles drinking, and I think about the episode of Family Matters where Urkel gets drunk and yeah. tight ro- yes. <laughs> walks guess, on a rope, yes. it's just, that's the kind of extremes that I'm referring to. Like something yeah. that's grounded, something that's more familiar versus something that I'm like... Realistic. Yeah, just realistic. Like, this like is- no,
0: you- this is a breakup alcohol is available you know you've seen other people use alcohol as yeah. a solution to their problems or heartache, yeah so why would you not naturally do that and want to explore that territory yeah. and the dangers of that territory? Urkel
1: getting drunk and jumping off of a roof is so extreme and not realistic at all that it's just a parody. Like, And I know for those listening, it seems like we're kind of going all over the place, but that's because this episode was all over actually, the place.
0: Actually, so I was actually going to say just that. I was like, this episode, as much as we just talked about the way that Boys Meets World does it well, this episode is another one that you and I feel... When we really look back on this podcast, what we're really doing is creating fan theories that make this show make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Try to make it work because... Or just finding other alternatives to, like, how to do this episode in the way that fits the Boy Meets World format. Because this episode has potential in it. We've just thought of two or three different ways that this
1: episode would be great. And I would really hope that, like, if the creators were to, like hypothetically, <laughs> in hindsight, after looking at the whole series, was able to go back and rewrite some episodes, they would do things a little differently to add continuality and to add depth and to add... A- I'm sure there has to be some... I feel like that's uh If that's
0: not a screenwriting practice, I definitely feel like it should be. It just like a find an old... TV series that you like and write a spec on that
1: episode well that's how you get that's how you, that's how you get writing jobs is writing spec scripts
0: yeah that's what I'm saying Donald
1: Glover wrote a spec stri- script for The Simpsons that's how he got 30 Rock
0: yeah no that, but that's what I'm saying is I assume that there has to be one where you just go back and you do a spec for an episode that already exists yeah it's like make this episode better sure 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 and if not I feel like it should be yeah that's, <laughs> like, that's, a, great,
1: that's a great screenwriting exercise yeah exactly
0: because I just feel like it's it's completely possible to get your same moments and get your wackiness and all this other stuff, but bring it. I mean, we know that it's possible because Boy Means World does it.
1: Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so frustrating is that when they get it right, it's so right. But when they get it wrong, it's off by just this much. And that's what's so frustrating.
0: You're right. It's just like, you'll look at it and they'll acknowledge. They're like, when Alan's like, Oh yeah, I used to box in the uh, Navy. You're like, oh, yeah. You're like, all right, continue. You have it right there. You mentioned it. You remembered.
1: Why is he not boxing? <laughs> yeah. Why is he not helping Corey with any of this?
0: Exactly. That's what. That's what I think is the real thing. Especially, like I said, when they show up to the ring later, and it's Mr. Feeney and Mr. Turner. When they when they do that, I am like, why is
1: Alan Amy not there? Yeah. I, you know what? I really, I don't really have much else to say about this episode. I was just looking through my notes yeah, just to see. Going to. Yeah, I just. Oh, the one note that I have was that Vader was a former student of Feeney's. So yeah. does that say that Feeney once taught high school before he taught elementary school?
0: Because he says you were oh. much scarier with
1: acne, implying that he was a teenager.
0: That is true. I, I would think so. That would make yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, and that but, would also explain why Feeney, how Feeney was able to jump back. Remember how we were like, so you're going to tell me that this uh, elementary teacher just... Got this job. As yeah, yeah, yeah. A principal of sure. all things. But I think it actually makes a lot more sense now if you consider the fact that Feeney,
1: which we know, has a history. I wonder in if he was a high school teacher after the death of his wife, he wanted to calm down, teach elementary school. For exactly. Yo, guys. Actually. Feeney's story is so good and we're ignoring it at every turn. <laughs> but this is what I'm talking about. You and I come up with like the greatest <laughs> theories
0: as to why yeah. we keep trying to make it all work and link and I think we do a great job personally. <laughs> guys,
1: Michael Jacobs, call us up. We got
0: ideas. <laughs> all right. Uh, so on that, do you have a lesson or anything that you want to take away?
1: What your um, taught
0: me is what I'm saying
1: you are you I am I uh, you do your thing I do mine if in the end we end up together it's beautiful that's the only thing worth taking away from this episode
0: I will agree with that I think yeah. it's fantastic and again it's a lot of we get this kind of moment from Sean it's kind of almost a throwaway line but when Corey hands back the um oh yeah the uniform he's like I don't need this um Matt's like, you know what? You're all right. And Sean's like, he always was. Yeah. And like, again, it's like, it's like a throwaway little scene, but it's like, no, that's, I love that even Sean doesn't do, Sean and Serpenga, to be fair, they don't really overreact to Corey. Like, they disagree with it, but they know that Corey needs to do this and Corey's going to eventually see, I feel like they're even like, oh, you're having an identity crisis. Again. again, you know, they're like, all right, so, I feel like they just kind of, yeah, like, this is just Corey being Corey, guys. this is Corey being Corey, he's gonna go through it, and I, I like, I like that little bit, yeah, that little bit of continuality of Sean just being a good friend, and being like, yeah, he didn't need this, and again, not saying it to Corey, not making this grand speech to Corey, and be like, you, you're so much better than this, just being like a, yeah, no, Matt, you should know that yeah. he's always been this cool of a, a guy,
1: sure, yeah. yeah, that's cool, um, a moment? Uh, I told you I had two,
0: which was candy going with the jacket in general, which kind of pissed me off. And then also uh, that little bit crap. Now again, like, but I get
1: my, my bra moment is the relationship between adults and students. Whether yeah. it be fighting them or <laughs> kissing them, I don't think it's appropriate. It's
0: completely inappropriate. Um, and yeah. All right. So that is it. What credit are you giving?
1: Dude, as fun as it is to watch these Griff episodes, they just really don't have it's 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 fast food. It's like it's yes, it's fun, oh, but it's it, so perfect. It, it, like afterwards, I feel kind of like uh, and it doesn't. It is last. fast food. It's just fast food. So like, give me some quality steak, and I'll I'll give you a greater episode, a greater uh, grade. But as for right now, I'm doing I'm doing C plus again. Yeah, and I'm gonna do a C again. Yeah, it honestly
0: it is. I was like, there's nothing. We don't even get a shirtless Turner. So, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what you want from me exactly, on this episode. Exactly. Uh, it's good. It's not great. Um, I think we get a lot of it's fun. fairly forgettable. I think it is, and I honestly think for the most part, if it wasn't for Vader, which I know is like a really big part, uh, and then the quote that you pulled out. I absolutely forget this episode.
1: And you know what's funny? When I saw that this episode, like, I kind of vaguely remembered the episode based on the title, and so when I saw that it was coming up, I kind of rolled my eyes at it, and I couldn't understand why, but I think even as a kid, I didn't really care for this episode very much.
0: It it, is... I think you put it so perfectly, this is a fast food episode. Yeah. It's just, like, completely something to put on the plate. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, homework. What do you got?
1: All right. Well, um... Uh, the Soul Train Awards this year are being hosted by uh, Tisha Campbell and, and Tashina Arnold. Yes. Um, so just to give a little throwback to them, I'm going to put out House Party as my uh, homework. House Party to me is just, there's so many few times where like, ah, gosh, like, <laughs> where like I try to introduce white people to things that black people all know <laughs> and love. And it doesn't translate. I I've tried to show white people Friday a few times.
0: I tried to show my friend Friday. And they and don't. They get just it. don't
1: get it. And I was like, because you don't know these characters. You don't know that guy on the block the way we yes, do. You're and right. so there's such a disconnect. But I do think House Party is one of those that not only should people watch it. Where is my House Party remake? Where is my House Party musical? Like, where is my stage? Like, I need more of this because it's literally just fantastic music, fantastic dancing, and black coolness of its own. They did a few remakes with Immature. Well, that, those were sequels. It's sequels, yeah, sequels, Those are sequels. Yes. They
0: were like, yeah, they, they're... The and, in all fairness, yeah.
1: House Party 3 is not great. House Party 4, I don't acknowledge. But House Party 1 and House Party 2, that pajama jam is still on point. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, House Party 1 has some great performances. What Martin Lawrence no early on... I don't know. Robin Harris is in that, which I know your younger generation don't know who Robin Harris is. He's an old black comedian. who he, he started Bay Bay's Kids, if anyone remembers that. He has a hilarious stand-up comedy album, Gone Too Soon, but he's a great um, influencer in black comedy. You hear a lot of his stuff in D.L. Hughley and some of these other people who really snap at audience members a lot. Um, I, I just, I can't recommend this movie enough. Please give me a remake. Please give me a stage musical. A lin Miranda. Help me out here. I, Actually, I need to see this. Again, I'm always kind of doing this. But I have a friend whose entire job is to pitch new musicals. And uh, never, I'm telling yeah. you. <laughs> house Party. Soul Food. I would even take a Set It Off musical. Where are you oh my at? Oh,
0: I God. I've been trying to talk about Set It Off. Set It Off is just so good. It's so
1: good. Four black lead actresses in a full on action movie. Shot for nine million, feels like thirty. It Where are you at? Yeah. <laughs> Oscar worthy performances it is. that no one got because Melanin. Yeah. But <laughs> yo, house party, set it off. Those are my homework. Yes. Alright,
0: I like it. Um so mine is actually gonna be a podcast. Uh you, you know Amanda Seals.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, do you know her podcast? Mm-mm. Um, God, it's, called, uh, it's called Small Doses with Amanda Seals. Okay. And it's just, by the way, it's like almost, every episode's almost a one-man show oh, with cool. Amanda Seals. And it's just her talking, and she does, uh, each episode's called The Side Effects of Blank. The Side Effects of um She just did one called the side effects of toxic masculinity, the side effects of living on your own, the side effects of uh, being in Oreos, one she just did, and it's the one that I sent you to listen to Miriam, and it is good. Yeah. It is also she grew up in Orlando, Florida. Really? She went to Dr. Phillips. Wow. High school. Yeah. Okay. And right. she talks about the experience of being one of the only black people in school. Fam. And uh, dude, I was like, I feel sane. But like yeah. it is she's really funny. She is one, someone who her personality is completely different than what I thought it was. And it's really entertaining to listen to her. She knows what she's talking about. She keeps everyone on. She calls out everybody. Any and everybody if it's relative to uh, the topic. And What's
1: the podcast again? It's
0: called Small Doses with Small Amanda Seals.
1: All right, yeah.
0: And uh, It's it's really funny. She's um, a trip. She's just fun to listen to. You can tell she has like a soundboard or a mixer or whatever. Yeah, she's yeah, constantly yeah. playing with. Uh, she's one of those podcasts. But I definitely think people should check it out. Um, she's done quite a few that I just think are really interesting, and she picks different topics that, um, yeah, I, th- I think it's worth exploring.
1: So that's my homework. Oh, there was one more I wanted yeah. to add, which is the podcast called Why'd You Push This Button? And I thought I had mentioned it before, but I guess I didn't. Um, and what I love about this is that it's a podcast of two women discussing the the ethical decisions that social media forces us to make. <sighs>
0: Oh my god! I love this already. <laughs> so like,
1: so like, some of their episode titles are like, um, like, why did you stalk people on Venmo? Why do, why do you rewatch Instagram stories? Why do you send nudes? Why do you like celebrity photos on Instagram? Why do you turn on red receipts? Like, all these things that we are like, should we? How we? Do we? What do we do in this situation? They're talking about it in a way that I've never heard people mention it. And your face right now was so hilarious. I am <laughs> so amazed
0: and, like, I'm so excited that someone's doing this. Yeah. Like, I love social uh, commentary anyway. I love any social science podcast. Yeah. And you have
1: just blown my mind. Like, one of the first episodes I listened to was, do you take selfies in public? Because that's something I've always felt awkward about, but it's something that I know everyone does and whatever. And so just kind of getting down to the meat of that, um, why did you unfollow me? Why did you turn off push notifications? Uh, You know, just these, these, uh, when is it okay to record someone? Why did you leave the group chat? All of these questions that we Uh. all have in our daily life that we don't really hear in popular media, um, I feel is really... uh, greatly discussed in this. So why'd you push that button? Um, hosted by Ashley Carmen and Caitlin Tiffany. Um, it's it's done by The Verge, Fox Media. It's it's on wherever podcasts are available and it's dope as fuck. Check it out. Yeah, no. Alright. So you guys have quite a bit to So get much homework, on. yeah.
0: But uh, trust me, it's all worth it if you want to Way better it. than whatever this Boy Meets World episode <laughs> was. <laughs> So, uh, on that note, uh, thank you guys for listening to Brum Meets World. Remember, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, all of the things. Make sure you are reaching out to us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Brum Meets World. Our email is at Brum at gmail.com.
1: You can find me on Twitter at extra Siege, That's X-T-R-A-C-E-E-J. You can find me on Instagram at abraverme at dot .braver.me. Dot um, and you can find me talking about boy meets world on this podcast. Y'all know where to find me. You can find me up in the club. In the club. Up in the club. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you can find me practicing my uh, what is that called? The dance moves from House Party. Oh yeah, your kid, kid play. Oh uh, man, yeah. Yo, Dude, okay. I, that's another thing where it's like, I have. Have you ever been in uh-huh. a? Wait, have you ever been at a club and seen the other black person and they look at you
1: and they're like? kid and play. And he's like, we're gonna kid and play it. And then... See, we live in the same city. There's no reason why we can't get this routine down. To oh, absolutely. Good. <laughs>
0: so if y'all catch us doing a kid and
1: play, uh, you know. So yeah, uh, guys, please just dream, try, and uh, do good. Do good. Do the kid and play. Yeah, do the kid and
0: play. Later, bros. Later, bros.